a few weeks back, or maybe a month ago it was, um, I was driving home late at night, and it was dark and it was rainy, and I made a mistake, and I almost had what could have been a very serious car accident. Um, but it was one of those moments when, you know, like, something almost happens and it was dramatic, but then it's like, oh, thankfully it didn't, so I'll just move on. But I recognised that it was, it was actually entirely my fault. There was... I had made a mistake, I didn't observe something that I did, you know, when you're driving, there's so many things you need to keep an eye on, on the road, I just missed one little detail, and made that mistake, and instead of just moving on, I, I decided in my mind that I should just take a moment and just accept my responsibility, that I'm capable of making this mistake, that I just, I just made a mistake that very nearly had some consequences. And I noticed a very interesting reaction in my mind. Um, when I tried to focus on the fact that I'd made a mistake, my mind wanted to run off and think about everything else. It was like, oh, think about that thing and that thing, and what am I doing tomorrow, and look, there's a puppy dog over there, and just anything else. My mind wanted to run away from the fact that I could make a mistake, that I just failed in this little way, this weakness of mine. I didn't want to face it. I didn't want to think about it. I would rather push it out of my mind and pretend it didn't exist. Even though this, this weakness, the capacity to make a mistake, is just part of who I am, it's, it's a part of me, um, I would rather just pretend that it didn't exist and not look at it at all. Now we can hear these parables that Jesus tells in the gospel today, uh, he talks about the lost sheep and the lost coin and seeking them out and we usually understand them to be about lost people, people that are far from God, that, that aren't in relationship with him um, and this is true, this is um, Jesus' primary way that he interprets, that he gives this teaching for, um, and this is how God calls us to be his church. This is what God, Jesus is sharing about God's heart. He wants us to go out and search for those who are lost, to welcome in those who aren't in relationship with God, to welcome them in so they can find that life with him. But these parables can also point to another reality that I think is just as important for us, and that's that the lost sheep or the lost coin that we need to go out and find and welcome back are these parts of ourselves that we've cut off. That perhaps like my, my weakness, my, my capacity to make a mistake, I didn't want to look at. I just wanted to ignore it, pretend it didn't exist. We can have these, these parts of ourselves, that perhaps if we think of it like the woman who had her ten coins. There's many different parts that make up who we are, all of which are valuable, but she lost one, and she knew that she had to go and find it. She cared about it enough that she would sweep the whole house so that she could find it, and this is God's heart for us, that he doesn't want us to be divided. He doesn't want us to have parts of ourselves disappear or, or, or not in touch with him. He wants to embrace all of who we are in his love. And we can think that, yeah, God wants to make us holy, but what, what does that mean? That can be a bit of an abstract sort of spiritual kind of concept, but it makes a bit more sense when we think that God actually wants to make us whole. He wants to bring all of who we are into his love, to be reconciled together, to be integrated together into, a, into you know, who we're meant to be rather than being divided. He wants to bring all of us into his love. He wants his love to be able to reach every part of our hearts, even those bits that we don't want to look at ourselves. And so this is what I see when I, I saw this reaction within myself of this, this little part of me, this weakness of, of being capable of making a mistake. You know, we're all able to make mistakes. 
but I wasn't willing to look at it or admit it. And there's an invitation in these parables today that, that I would see that as my lost coin and go looking for it and try and accept that as a part of myself, welcome it back in and let God love me in that part of weakness. And we can do this with parts of ourselves that, that aren't even bad or negative parts of ourselves. It makes sense that we wouldn't want to face our weakness or admit our weakness because, you know, nobody likes being weak, nobody likes making mistakes. But we can even do this with perhaps something like our hopes and dreams, you know? There's something that I want to do or there's something that I want to, some, some, someone I want to be, but perhaps it doesn't, perhaps I don't think I can actually get there or perhaps it doesn't sit with others' expectations of me, so therefore I push it aside. I pretend it doesn't exist. I don't think about it anymore. Or perhaps there's even something, some good thing that's happening in my life that I, I want to celebrate, I want to rejoice over, and there's a part of me that wants to kind of jump and dance for joy, but, you know, I need to be modest and I need to be humble about it and to, to celebrate too much would be prideful, so I just quieten down that joy and don't get too excited about it. And, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of good. No. God wants to embrace these parts of ourselves. He wants to love us in our weaknesses, as well as in our strengths. God wants to love you in the fearful part of you. He wants to love you in the doubting part of your heart. He wants to love you in those places where you're full of hope, in those places where you're full of strength or courage. God wants to love every single piece of who we are. He even wants to love those bits of us that are sinful, and with our sins, that's a really easy way where we can start to cut off parts of ourselves and they can become like these lost coins or these lost sheep. Because it's, it's right that we should hate our sin. God detests our sin. Sin is, by its very nature, opposed to God. So God is, by his very nature, opposed to sin. But God always loves the sinner. God can uphold this distinction between our actions, which go against him, and us, his beloved sons and daughters, who he always loves. And there's this tension within us to try and recognize and take responsibility for our sins and, and to try not to do them and to detest them and not want to act in that way, but to still love and accept those parts of ourselves. And sometimes we can get a bit confused and we can take things that are actually part of who we are and we put them in that sin category and therefore we hate them, we push them away, we don't want to think about them or look at them. Perhaps there's some desire within us or some feeling that arises within us and it leads us towards sin. Yeah, that happens. But we then associate that with the sin, so we put it in this category of sin that should be hated, that should be pushed aside. Now, don't get me wrong, there is certainly a time for when we should respond to desires that lead us to sin in a, in a mode of self-control, in, in trying to keep ourselves away from sin. That's, that's a good response for a certain point in the spiritual journey. But at some point in our journey, God invites us to respond to those desires and those feelings with awareness and compassion so that He can meet that part of ourselves and bring His love into it. Augustine describes sin as looking for the right thing in the wrong place. 
And this can help us understand these, these desires or these feelings that we find within us that lead us towards sin are still actually good. They're a part of who we are, a part of how God made us. Just in our brokenness, they lead us to do the wrong things. Our desires or our feelings might be drawing us to look for, to look for love, to look for comfort, or to look for justice or recognition or whatever it is. These are good things that God has made us to seek these things. But we seek after them in the wrong way and we do reckless things or we do selfish things. We hurt ourselves, we hurt others, and then the sin comes in. But God would want to free us to, to meet him in these parts of ourselves. That, that we might be tempted to, to cut off, to not want to look at, to not want to admit or pay attention to God wants to embrace those desires with his love and, and to heal them, to free them so that they can truly be ordered to those good things that they're made for, so that we can truly be who God has made us to be and embrace those parts of ourselves. Then we can rejoice over that part of ourselves, just like the woman who finds her lost coin. The other way that we can um, struggle with, with cutting off the sinful part of ourselves is, is looking at our past. There's nothing that can change the path that we've walked up until this point of our lives. What's happened has happened, and this is how I've gotten here. Um, And to, to refuse to acknowledge or to detest our past can be to cut off that part of ourselves. Now, does this mean that we need to continue to carry the burden of our sins of what we've done in the past to continue to hold on to the guilt and the shame of that? No. God's forgiveness means that we have no reason to be guilty or ashamed of what we've done before because God says, no, that's all right. He's overcome that. There's nothing to be guilty or ashamed of. But we, we can still fear the past. We can fear the shame of it and the guilt of it. We can still be burdened by what has happened in our past. But There's a beautiful example in what Paul shares as he writes to Timothy in our second reading today of what it looks like to really receive God's forgiveness because Paul isn't afraid of the shame of his past. Paul doesn't look at the horrible things that he did in his past and go, oh no, I'm a terrible, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to think about what I was doing to Christians back then. He says, I used to be a blasphemer and I did all that I could to discredit the faith. This is how Paul knows Jesus. He knows Jesus as the one who has forgiven him of his sins. And this is how Paul proclaims the faith. This is how he proclaims the gospel. He says, God could even forgive me. The next bit he says, I'm getting my pages mixed up. The next bit he says, he says, here is a saying you can rely on, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I myself am the greatest of them. Paul isn't afraid of his past. Now his past means Jesus could even forgive me so he could forgive anyone, surely. When we're truly able to receive the forgiveness God wants to share with us, then our past, our sins aren't a source of shame. They're a source, they're a sign of God's mercy. They're a sign of God's goodness. They're a sign of of Jesus' reaching out to us and finding us from where we used to be lost. They're a sign of God's great love for us.
So if God invites us to find these lost coins within our household or these lost sheep from the, the flock of our person, how, how is it that we can do this? So I just wanted to share a few practical ways that we can actually respond and take up this, this work of seeking out our lost coins, our lost sheep today. One really simple way is the sacrament of reconciliation. God gives us this, this great gift, this opportunity to meet him in those very unsightly parts of our life that we don't want to admit to anyone. God invites us into this space where we can say, this is what I've done, and I'm not proud of it, I'm sorry for it, um, and I don't want to do it again. And he wants to minister his mercy right into that place of our hearts. That's why we're given the sacrament of reconciliation. And the other simple suggestion that I wanted to make that's really, really helpful um, for allowing us to accept these parts of ourselves is having close relationships where we can be honest about this stuff that's going on within us. This is part of why we talk about small groups so much as what it looks like to be a disciple here at St. Ben's because to have that, that small group of people that you can be in such relationship with that you can turn up and say, I'm struggling in this way, or I'm doubting, or I'm afraid of this, or I'm rejoicing at this in my life. You can be totally real with whatever's going on. And to be able to have other people who can receive you in compassion and acceptance in that way is a great help for us to, to be able to have compassion on those parts of ourselves that we struggle to accept and face ourselves. Now, that doesn't always need to happen in a small group, but God wants us to be able to have some close relationships where we can be that honest, where we can be that real, and he can, he can show us that love and acceptance from those that are close to us like that. Now, this work of, of finding these, these lost parts of ourselves, these parts that we've cut off, is not always easy. In fact, delve, delving into these parts of ourselves that we struggle to look at can be very um, confronting. It's a, it's a process. But God is gentle, and God is patient, and he wants to lead us gently and patiently into this healing. He wants to gently and patiently lead us to find these parts of ourselves that are lost and to, to make us whole again. He knows just what we're capable of facing right now, so he's not just going to kind of, boom, this is everything that's going on in your heart and everything from your entire past. That would be a bit too overwhelming. But God knows what we can face, and he wants to lead us through those walls and barriers, those divisions that we've set up within ourselves. He wants to reveal what's on the inside so that he can gently bring his mercy deeper and deeper into our hearts. And it's not just the process of our willpower and our hard work, but it's a process of God's grace, of inviting him to let his love sink a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and light up those corners that we've left in the dark. But right now, as we continue to enter into our Eucharist, I just want to bring you back to the, the beginning of our gospel today, because this story begins with Jesus sitting down to eat with sinners, with those who others thought weren't, weren't worthy of being in their company. And this is when we come 
to be invited to the table to join in a meal with Jesus. So let's not believe the lie today that we have to be perfect or holy to come here, that we have to have it all together or, or have ourselves completely sorted out. No, Jesus invites us to come as we are, to come with our weakness and with our brokenness and with our joys and with our fears. He invites us to bring all of who we are, even the uncertainty of those parts that, that we might not know which parts of our hearts are lost um, that we need to find, but we can bring ourselves honestly because he wants to share his love with all of who we are. He wants to bring his grace of reconciliation and make us whole, and he wants to, just like the shepherd upon finding that sheep, and just like the woman upon finding that lost coin, he wants to welcome all of us, and he wants to rejoice over us. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.